Have you ever heard the expression, what's the tea? According to Urban Dictionary, it means when someone has gossip and you want to know every detail as soon as possible. So that's what this podcast is, spilling the tea and what it's like to have cancer or the big C as a young person in Northern Ireland. Recorded in 2022, two charities, Young Lives Versus Cancer and Cancer Fund for Children, have come together to talk about cancer services in Northern Ireland and share the stories of the young people and families we support. But you two had never met each other before that never. young adult no. short break. I remember sitting in the, um, you know, when we came in, like we, uh-huh. you know, when we made the little circles, like with, yes. what, like, you know, we kind of did a you know, like therapeutic art, art activity. Yes. And I remember um, doing the wee, like, and I was like, I'm going to do a mole. I don't know what to do. I'll paint a mole. And I remember saying it and you like, my head popped up like, like a mole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were just like turning around and looking at me. And I, you came over to me in Victoria and you were like, oh. So, uh, who used to hear has melanoma? <laughs> I was like, that would be me. What an opener. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that was just, I'd like literally never met anyone. I've never met anyone actually apart from Finn that has skin cancer. This conversation was between Finn and Maddie, who have been diagnosed with melanoma in the past year and recently met at a young adult residential run by Cancer Fund for Children and Young Lives Versus Cancer. In this very honest conversation, Finn and Maddie talk about their very individual experiences of diagnosis, medications, surgery and treatment, which we appreciate won't reflect everyone's experience and can't be generalised to everyone diagnosed with melanoma. Also, please be warned that the conversation contains graphic descriptions of surgery and a little bit of swearing. You've been warned. Do you want to introduce yourselves? Tell us who you are and tell us why you're here. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> um, I am Finney and Garbutt. I'm 25 and I have uh, melanoma. Um, yeah, I'm part of the Melanoma Club. Ooh. I'm Maddie Gillespie. I'm... I'm 19 and I also am part of the Melanoma Club. Wow, guys. Is it a big club to be part of? It's a very big club <laughs> to be part of. <laughs> Are there many young people in the Melanoma Club? Not that I'm aware Don't of. Don't think so. You're the first I've met. Yeah, and likewise. Mm. Yeah. I mean, we're... Very special. Very yeah. special. Honoured to be part of it. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I also wish you weren't part of it, but you know, <laughs> it's yeah, great yeah. to have you here. So <laughs> uh, really when did before. you join the club? May, the 5th of May, and so five months ago. No, Yeah, five about five months ago. And the 14th of December last year. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. Still quite fresh in the club then. Yep, fairly. Mm. Fairly, yeah. It was all through COVID. Um mm-hmm. And uh, it was when, at the time when the sort of barbers were open and closed. Um, and I went to get my hair cut. And I kind of felt like what I thought initially was like an ingrown hair. So it was like just like a tiny raised area in the back of my head, but I couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. And then um, COVID, another wave of that happened and all the barbers were closed. So I didn't go back to the barber for about three months, maybe mm-hmm. three, four months. Did you mention to the barber about no? Because at thing? this stage, it was it was you know it was just fairly insignificant. Yeah, I, yeah. As I said, I thought it was like an ingrown hair or a mm-hmm. spot or something like that. And then I went back, and then my barber was just like, "Whoa, you know, this is bigger, much bigger." It was getting in the way of actually getting my hair cut, <clears throat> which I thought was a bit weird because you know that's pretty substantial like growth. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I felt incredibly like self-conscious about it and like ugly because I was like, I can't see this. But anybody I see mentions it, you know, and I'm like, oh, flip, it's in the back of my head too. So, um, And I sort of pursued that. I was concerned about that. And um, and I, I, it, it's you know it took a very long a long um, period of time before I was diagnosed, um, and then uh, ha- I had it removed, and the results came back a number of weeks later, and it was it was melanoma. And by that stage, I already had a, a pretty significant um, lump in my neck, uh, and had um, ultrasound biopsy found out that it was positive in my lymph nodes in the right side of my neck and then had a, a pretty big major surgery to remove it all. And I'm on uh, a year of adjuvant treatment. So it's basically adjuvant treatment is when you have the surgery and then it's kind of a preventative measure to, to try and stop it coming back. So I'm about seven months, five months, I think, into that. So, Wow. Yeah. How long has that been from and to so that was December last year it was December I was diagnosed yeah but um you know it was about August is whenever I first was becoming concerned you know um so it was it was 20 it was last year anyway that uh that it all sort of uh came about but um yeah you know if it it was my (coughs) my barber my girlfriend and and my mom and my dad and stuff were the sort of people who were saying here like get this checked and Mm. and and i'm grateful that they did keep pushing it you know because Mm. um it would be a totally different story if if uh, if i didn't do that because i was diagnosed you know stage 3c so Mm -hmm. it's um it was a very serious illness you know that was and it's still you know it's still up in the air at the minute but at least um at least it was able to be dealt with uh, at that point yeah Mm -hmm. maddie what about you lead us to your diagnosis how i first noticed my mole is a wee bit ridiculous so (laughs) i went on a night out with work and had come into work the next day and i had like a little what i thought was a cigarette burn on my back so maybe thought someone had got me with a cigarette (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and I got my friend to look at it and she was like, oh, yeah, definitely, definitely a cigarette burn. Um, so I sort of left it um, and then a few weeks later I looked at it and I was like, that cigarette burn has turned into a mole and it was raw and bleeding when I noticed it the first time. Um, and then when I sort of left it a few weeks and I took a photo of it again, I'd taken a photo of it when it first happened and then I left it a few weeks again, took another photo and it had changed again. I was like, oh, maybe I'll go get this checked and I was sort of reluctant but... One of my friends from work was like, you really need to get that checked. And I was like, right, okay. So I went to my GP and she then told me what she thought it was, which is she said that it was like a mutated childhood mole, um, which I was like, this is really dodgy. And she was Mm -hmm. like, it hasn't changed that much. And I was like, but these photos, it has. So because I sort of was being quite dramatic well I'm glad I was not well <laughs> clearly not I know <laughs> so she red flagged me to the Ulster for a dermatology appointment um, and then when I went and got seen the doctor was like oh this is a wee bit dodgy but I also think it's a mutated childhood mole um, and then they removed it and I so this was all December I went I got my first no well end of November sort of December I got my first dermatology appointment didn't go until January and then I wasn't actually diagnosed until the 5th of May and then that's when they said it was so like five months 
later. So it's actually been a year now mm. since I noticed it, but I've only got diagnosed in May, so five months. Wow. But um, yeah, it was like just all really like long and the waiting was crazy. I just didn't expect it, but I have stage yeah. 3B. So a little bit different than ah. Finn's just Finn. beat you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were saying there, the 5th of May. Yeah. That's the day I started my uh, adjuvant treatment. Oh, really? Yeah. No way. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is random. random. So did you think if it was the January was your dermatology appointment and it wasn't until the May, did you just think, oh, it's fine then yeah. in that space of time? Do you just forget just, about it? Yeah. When I, I remember like the night before I went and drive with my friends and I literally like because they had made me think like this is literally fine like you know I have nothing to yeah. worry about I remember making a joke about like going for a sunbed as soon as I found out <laughs> I got like I had got the all clear I was like I'm looking really pasty and then I like went the next day and it was all I could think about was like oh I could, like I've never done a sunbed before mm-hmm. I don't want to do a sunbed but like no I can't <laughs> <laughs> I'm devastated but <laughs> but yeah no well after I got diagnosed I ended up in June, it was all quite quick after that. Mm-hmm. So in the the fourteenth of June, I went and got a wide skin excision and a sentinel lymph node biopsy, mm-hmm. which was pretty awful. Um, oh really? Yeah. When I was first like told, they were like, "It's not going to be too bad." I didn't really know what to expect mm-hmm. with it. Um, like I had to go in and get like MRIs and radioactive dye and stuff injected and these big scans before the morning before I went and got my surgery, but. So Maddie, you see for anyone listening that may not even know what any of that is. So what walk us through that process. What so was that? Sentinel sentinel lymph node biopsy, that's like where they put dye and then sort of into your lymphatic system. Mm-hmm. So it sort of travels around and the radioactive dye it takes the path that the melanoma would have taken if it was spreading to your lymph nodes. Okay. So it's like it moves and then you go into an MRI or a mm-hmm. CT scan, I can't remember which one it was. Um, a scanner of some yeah. sort <laughs> <laughs> that made a big noise yeah. Yeah. so um, I was lying on my front and the scan picked up like where the dye was travelling to mm. on my back so it ended up taking ages it was only meant to take like half an hour and I was there for like three hours it was wow. awful. but it ended up like you know it had travelled into my left like my lymph nodes yes. in my armpit mm-hmm. yeah. and I was like they were like you know it doesn't mean that there's anything there and that's what they had said to me the whole time and I was like oh, right okay well I was told when I was first diagnosed that, you know, my mole being gone was my cancer being gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was obviously not the case. But um, when I went in for that, so the scanner picked up that. And then I went in for my surgery. Mm-hmm. And the doctor uses, it's like a Geiger counter. Because mm-hmm. it's a radioactive dye to follow mm-hmm. where the dye goes in your lymphatic system. Um, and that picked up, like, it had travelled to two of my lymph nodes in my armpit yeah <laughs> um and it took quite a while for the results of that to come back actually because again like you know nhs still feeling the effects of covid like mm. yeah. so far on so it, i can't even remember how long it was yeah between that it's all sort of a blur the between june and now yeah, yeah. Of course. um but it's like you know it came back and i got pulled into a room again and there was another CNS sitting there and mm-hmm. I was looking at her. I was like, oh, you're about to give me bad news here. <laughs> um, so they found like it was like a little tumour in one of my lymph nodes. It was 0.6 millimetre. So what they said was it was really insignificant. Mm. But because of my age, they were going to refer me like an oncologist. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, no. So then I had my oncology appointment and was told that I had to start immunotherapy pretty soon. 
which okay. was just obviously I didn't expect it. I was just sort of like sound like an awful lot. <laughs> <Don't worry. laughs> I didn't expect to have to do that. I was just you know, yeah. it went from me being told that my mole had been getting removed and that was all my cancer gone to you're gonna have to get a year of treatment. But yeah. it's gonna make you like it could make you really sick and oh I just was like this you know, someone pinched me. This do you feel like um throughout your experience so far the goalposts have changed at times like you were told one thing and then maybe got some sort of different information at stages yeah, it's like I've been told about 20 different things in a sort of way because at the start it was sort of you know your mole's gone again like your cancer's gone and then I went to see another doctor and they were like you're gonna have to get a wide skin excision like this is a big surgery you'll be kept in overnight and a sentinel biopsy and I was like oh hmm didn't expect that and then again they were like now you have a year of cancer treatment and I was like this is not what I signed up for yeah. <laughs> I didn't know this is what melanoma club membership entails. yeah <laughs> I think um, for both of you like am I maybe very silly understanding melanoma was it surgery but you've both had treatment mm-hmm. ongoing from that mm-hmm. um do you mind talking what immunotherapy is so it's like the way it was sort of described to me was because I needed it in layman's terms. It's that it <laughs> converts your white blood cells into like super fighter cells. To, so it's on a drip. It only lasts for about 45 minutes. I think I'm in and out of the hospital in about an hour. Mm, um, very good. I've only done it once. I started like two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you're, only, you're in and out in an hour. Um, but it like sends your immune system into overdrive wow. to try and fight off anything that's like left. Yeah, in your body, so any cells, like anywhere, because obviously your lymphatic system just travels everywhere, so mm-hmm. it just needs to do that. I'm mm-hmm. not. And did you say you're hooked up to something? Yeah, when you're there? I'm on a drip okay. for the whole time I'm there. So you get like a saline wash first, and then yeah. a thing, and then flushed again, sort of. Do you is. you see when they flush it and stuff? Do you without do you taste anything or do you? Yeah, yeah it feels salty. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it tastes salty. That was took me off guard. Yeah, we've heard young people say that yeah. before, and it they're like, "What?" Salty and yeah. you're like, "Oh, that's." Or when, and when you had the dye for the scan, did you feel like you got a really hot crotch? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of nodding There's going on right now. Like, <laughs> no one warns you. You think you peed no, yourself. It's like, no one tells you what to expect. No, yeah. I think especially when you're like a young person and you've just been diagnosed with cancer, they don't want to make it any worse. No, yeah. so they're like, you know. It's I'd gonna be fine. It just lasts me about an hour, and then you're in the scanner for like two because it has, isn't yeah. working properly, and you're like, "Oh no!" Like when I went for my pet, like I went for a PET scan, mm. and I was told originally it was just gonna be a CT scan, which was obviously a lot quicker. Yeah. And then I went for a PET scan, and I was like, "Oh, I have work too." <laughs> <laughs> so I like dine in um, the like it's in the basement of the hospital. There's no reception, and the Wi-Fi doesn't work there. So mm. I was like. I can't message my boss. <laughs> so I saw my dad and was like, you're going to need to get in contact with him somehow. Yeah. So then all my managers just got all these texts from like me and my dad being Aww. like, she'll be a bit late. <laughs> Embarrassing when I went in because I wasn't actually that late yeah. either, which was mortified. <laughs> Finn, was there uh, much of what Maddie was talking about there that you resonate with? or? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think we have very like, different experiences as well. Like... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one of the things that they test for whenever they remove a mole is something called your BRAF status. Right. Mm-hmm. So that basically is like a, 
I'm not going to try and describe it, but it's like a, a genetic change. Mm-hmm. And if you have the change in your genes, then you're you can be open for targeted therapy. Oh. And if you don't have that, then you're offered immunotherapy. But you can take, you know, they're both very, very, um, <coughs> excuse me, they both have very good rates of, you know, of how they're, of how they're working and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm on the tablet form, so the targeted therapy. So I take that every de- every morning and every evening for one year. Mm-hmm. So like I've got, you should see it in my house, I've kept every single bottle of the, the drugs that I'm on because I'm like, right, I'm going to, in like a year's time or whatever, I'm, that I'm not even going to be thinking about any of this, but I want to keep something to like remind me of like what I've gone through and yeah. to sort of get me through it. So I've got like these big blue prescription bags from the hospital and it's filled with probably about 200 empty bottles of like these these drugs that I have no idea what's in wow. them. I'm like, these are all in my body. Yeah. <laughs> they probably big cost a fortune. Yeah. Mm. I know. Well. I was actually like, I looked, I kind of Googled and was thinking like, how much would this cost if I was funding it like in America yeah. without medical insurance? Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, tens and tens of thousands of, wow. of, of dollars per treatment session. Yeah, like. yeah. So it's, it's, it's weird. It's like, obviously it's, it's amazing that it has such great results, you know. Mm-hmm. But then, for me, it's kind of like very nerve wracking because I've I've no idea what what's in it, and because it's so new, mm. you know. Any a, a lot of doctors and people I would speak to in the in the field like wouldn't actually know that this was an option for people who have cancer, you know. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's it's very new, and it just makes me like, what is it that I'm actually taking? Yeah. What's yeah. gonna be you know, in, in forty years' time, like what's the effect of that going to be? But yeah. there's no, there's no point thinking that way. You know, it's helping mm-hmm. at the minute, mm-hmm. so it's fairly um, stress-free. I'm not having to go up to the hospital and things, but um, I think I would have preferred to at least have been in a, in a situation where if I was in hospital, I'd be able to be with other people who are experiencing it because mm-hmm. I don't know if there's anybody else in Northern Ireland, you know, yeah. for all I know, who's taking these tablets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and I've got my own side effects that have come with that with eyesight and, you know, heart and things like that. So I was going to ask, what have, what have the side effects been from your yeah, surgery well, and treatment? Just so my eyesight's been a bit off, so I've had to get glasses and stuff, which is fine. I kind of, I suppose I probably needed them anyway, but... Um, it affects like your bowels right. and stuff. So um, I'm, I've had to send like stool samples and stuff like that in, which was kind of, I felt really embarrassed whenever I went to the, the chemist yeah. first because they were like, um, whenever they first asked me to do it, they just said, can you go to the chemist and get like a, you know, a sample thing? Yeah. So I went into the chemist and there was sort of like my neighbours and stuff were in there and I was oh. like, yeah. hello, yeah. Uh, can I get a bile test or thing? You know? Yeah, <laughs> totally. And then having to do that, but, um, that's just a common side effect on the targeted therapy. Um, and my heart rate's been very low. So when I was in the hospital, at one point it was at 35 beats a minute. So mm-hmm. that's when I was walking wow. about and all as well. So, um, my goodness. you know, it's either I'm I'm as fit as Mo Farah without realising it, or <laughs> it's, well. it's, it's affecting my heart, <laughs> essentially. So, uh, but, you know, it's it's... Um, it's easy to find things to complain about, but at the same time, like, um, it's it's really manageable. Mm. To be honest, it is manageable. Mm. What about you, Maddie? Well, I haven't got really. Well, 
not bad side effects. So like I've got quite bad joint pain and I'm really tired most of the time. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's really like it's not consistent at all. Mm-hmm. Like I can wake up one day and I'm like, Oh, I literally feel amazing and then I'll wake up the next day and I'm like, I could just sleep. Like, yeah. yeah. You know, I've had 12 hours, but I'm so tired and, like, my whole body aches and I'm like, oh, this is awful. Mm-hmm. So just, like, joint pain and muscle aches, really. I've only had one treatment, yeah. yeah. really. So I don't really know what to expect. It's really early days. Yeah. yeah. How long do you have between each treatment? Six weeks. Okay. Which okay. I'm really glad about. There was two options for me. Um, was three weeks and six weeks. And obviously I didn't get to choose which one it was, but yeah. they were just, like, the six weeks is the best option. Why, w- why weren't you able to choose? This is what... Because the, I've experienced that as well, yeah. where they give you know you're given a choice, but then it's kind of like this is what's happening, and you're like, yeah. hold on a second. Yeah. 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 That was when I went in. They were like, you know, there's the two options, and but you're getting this one, and this is what we think's best. I'm like, then why tell me both and <laughs> not tell me anything about either of them? Yeah. yeah. Like the the one thing I've literally hated the absolute most of like going in is doctors sugarcoating things because you're so young, and I'm yeah. like. I know I'm young, I was like, but I've been through something quite big and like, you know, I've already been told the bad news so I can handle the rest of it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. already have cancer, a wee muscle ache isn't going to do me any harm. <laughs> <laughs> so Fair it's point. Like, so yeah, it's just, I don't know, when you feel like really underestimated when you go into doctors and they think that you're not going to take it well or you're not going to be able to handle it, but like, you are, do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's just really annoying. Like when I was told, one thing I was told when I was getting, uh, like telling me that I was getting immunotherapy was there's like, you know, there's a chance of no side effects with this. And this was like a big thing that, you know, people are able to carry on with their daily life and all this. And like, I was like, oh, great. Like I work full time. And I was like, that's great. Like I can keep working full time. It's so manageable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I've had to drop down my hours. And now I'm like a 19 year old and like a, like a, 60 year old's body like yeah. it's like that like I'm like oh, I feel like I have arthritis and like mm. achy joints and stuff and do you feel like um feeling maybe a little bit unprepared for what was to come then um contributed to even making the decision to cut back on hours from work was probably harder or took you longer to get to a stage of accepting that because yeah. you weren't as prepared I for was, what was to come I was being so stubborn I was just like you know I don't need this like they told me this would be manageable and that I would be able to just carry on with my daily life. So, like, right from the get-go, that's what I was told. But there aren't a lot of young people that actually get given this. And the whole thing I was told, like, the whole way through it was, you're so fit and healthy. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, am I? Yeah. But, like, it's just, you just want to tell them, like, scream at them. And be like, like, no, like, can you just not, just tell me what it's going to be like or what happens to other people? Because I was told, like, it would be fine. And then I was given this big, massive book of, like, side effects Mm. and it was like 10 pages of like you know everything could happen to me Mm -hmm. and it wasn't actually until I went in before my appointment with um, my consultant that they were like you know this is like a big possibility this could happen like you know you could lose your fertility like you could become infertile like all like all this and I was like you know I have to do it anyway I'm not really upset about it which was different I didn't expect to not be bothered by that but Mm -hmm. you know like there's the chances of all this stuff happening. And I was like, but why am I only being told like this, like down the line, like the day before I go in? Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, obviously I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take it back now. I've already told everyone I'm getting it. It yeah. would be really embarrassing. So it's like I don't know. You know, I just didn't like that yeah. it was all yeah, I was like 
I was told, but it was just with a big mm. coat of sugar on top of it, as if they didn't want to make me upset, which yeah. annoyed me. I was yeah. like, and I think a few people that I've spoken to, you know, when we went to the yard at short break, felt mm-hmm. the same way. They were like, you know, I feel like I have been told, or they tell your parents when they're in the room and not you. Mm. It's the other one. Yeah. And I'm just looking at them like I'm an adult. Like I'm, yeah. you know, that's how I want to be told. It's like, you know, I want to take yeah. you know, sure body. my my yeah my body and my illness and I want to know about it first yep. mm-hmm. you know it's just pulling me up like that was my parents got a letter from it was just from the genetics clinic and that was it but it was this really wound me up it was from the to the parents and guardians of Maddie Gillespie and you're 19 and you're I'm a 19. big 19 yeah or 20 a big oh, 20. 20 yay happy birthday Maddie <laughs> <laughs> no but see I'm really surprised by that really yeah, I just was like is this a, like a mess up somewhere it made me so angry I was just like this is so not fair yeah of course you know like even if you were younger I don't really like that again if you're diagnosed when you're younger you know your parents have a choice whether or not they tell you do you know what I mean mm-hmm. when you're that young mm-hmm. I'd just wind me up a little bit yeah like Finn do you have experience of when Maddie's talking about feeling things have been maybe sugar-coated and stuff would you have had some experience of that um to be honest mine's kind of the opposite mm. so I'm really struggling with my mental health at the minute just because, mm-hmm. to be honest, like, uh, I, w- I was quite confident that uh, I had something wrong, mm-hmm. you know, for, for, for a while. Um, and, and I was ensured, you know, and that I didn't have anything wrong and that I was feeling that I was just making a mountain out of a molehill kind of thing. And I was, uh, pardon <laughs> the pun. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just the title of the podcast. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but I just for a long time I just kept thinking like I, I'm just just over exaggerating this. This is not you know hmm. everyone keeps telling me that it's fine. Don't worry about it. Calm down. You know. And then when the weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks went by, I was just thinking right. I've complete you know I've forgotten about this. This is there's there's no no drama no issue. To then be told that you do have cancer and then for it to be visually obvious that it has spread beyond just it being a mole yeah then and, and to be told by doctors that I may die you know um was very scary because mm-hmm. from that point whenever I was diagnosed it was like right is this in any of your organs is this in your brain is this in your mm. you know lungs or whatever and I didn't know because mm. I I was like I've got this big lump in my neck got this tumor on my scalp mm. where else is it going to be i'm going to be dead in in three months you mm-hmm. know and i always kept thinking like when you have cancer do you just drop dead mm. yeah. you know because i'm i'm i feel fit and healthy i was running i was you know kickboxing and, and all that kind of stuff i didn't feel like i had anything wrong with me at all yeah. and then it's kind of like you've got at least stage three cancer and we need mm. to make sure it isn't stage four mm. so I, for a long time i was thinking Jeez, like, how, what am I gonna do? Like, how am I meant to fit back into society? Because I'm thinking I'm a dead man. Yeah, I am going to die here, and that's all I had. And I kind of like got to a point where I was like, right, one of these days, I'm gonna get a phone call, and they're gonna tell me they found a, a met in my brain. Yeah, you know, and and I and I was getting to getting myself ready for that, so I was actually prepared mm-hmm. because up to that point, it was like worst case scenario, tick 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 tick. So I was like, right, I, I'm going to die here. When's it going to happen? How am I going to be told? To the point where I was just going like, right, this is going to happen. When yeah. is it? Mm. And then now I'm going to consultations where 
where they're like, you know, everything your scans, there's no evidence of disease there. So I'm thinking like, so what? do I have cancer or do I yeah. not have cancer? And then I'm thinking, hang on, what if they got it wrong? What if they thought it was cancer and they've done this neck dissection and they've taken out 80 lymph nodes or whatever mm. and, and it turns out that there actually isn't any cancer there at all. Like, it's just such a weird thing to, to think. It's so profound and, like, yeah. I just... I'm getting to the point where I actually think I might have a chance here but I'm very, very scared of thinking that way because as soon as I think that way, that's whenever I'm, like that's when it's going to come back you know yeah, so like feels vulnerable. I've got myself now where I feel ready to sort of live and be happy and a lot of that was down to the charities you know a lot of that is down to that because they have that support so I actually feel like I can potentially survive you know mm. and I'm not just talking until I'm 30 I'm talking about actually beyond, beyond that which is seems ridiculous that that's what people comprehend but that's honestly I thought that maximum my time limit would be out at 30 like well, yeah. uh, and, and it's very scary and hard to actually be like right I might be able to have kids you know I yeah. might be able to get married I might be able to buy my house you yeah. know and, and those thoughts are starting to come back into my mind yeah. and, it, and it's but it's very scary those thoughts because I'm thinking I can't let anybody down here because if I start living like that and something happens yeah. you know so that's that's where i'm at you know and yeah. it's i'm getting there but it is tough it's definitely tough must be exhausting mm. yeah. that sounds just you know um when you've all that going through your head um when you're awake during the day i'm sure when you're lying in bed you know sleeping at night it is still going around your head somewhere you know. i've been having like weird recurring dreams you know mm. that like I, I never used to really, dream, or at least I, I probably did dream, but I didn't remember the dreams, you know. Yeah. yeah. But like, I keep having these sort of recurring dreams, and I'm like, this is weird. Like, and yeah. I think it all is to do with coming to terms with your own mortality and stuff like that, and just those thoughts yeah. because people don't really think that way. Mm -hmm. You know, it's only yeah. when you get this kind of news that you do start thinking this way, and it's it it is it takes a lot of effort to think like that, and it also takes a lot of effort to get out of thinking like that you yeah know, so. totally absolutely and it's a vulnerable place to be in mm -hmm. you know and uh, like we always so appreciate when uh, young adults open up these conversations you know in podcast episodes because it's something that um when you talk about your own mortality like uh, amongst particularly young people it's not a conversation a lot of people want to have and then even if you feel ready to have it are those people around you ready to have it mm. because that's another dynamic yeah, and yeah. so i think it's a really positive okay bear with me when I say it's a positive thing to actually open that conversation up because the reality is you won't be the only young person who's thinking about these things or yeah. um uh experiencing you know struggling with their mental health as well when it comes to accepting what's going on mm -hmm. uh, both maybe the realities of what they've been told and believing for a future that they maybe thought they didn't they yeah. weren't going to have so um like I, I feel like I don't know if you feel the same but like I feel like I'm really alienating myself from other people too because anytime I would see somebody, you know, their go-to thing would be to say, oh, you're so lucky, you know, oh, oh thank yeah. goodness <laughs> you're so lucky that, that it was caught and all this. And then mm. and then part of me thinks, oh, well, that's nice of them to be thinking that way. But, but you know, deep down I'm like, what part of this is luck, you know? Yeah. Like, this is totally the opposite of luck, you know, just because I'm not... Mm -hmm 
you know, imminently going to die from this yeah. mm. shouldn't mean that I'm lucky, you know. Yeah, I mean, and lucky as a holiday to the Maldives. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I just feel like I, 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 I kind of switch off when people say that to me, and then, I, I, and, I've, I think I've a lot. I've sort of really, I wouldn't say lost friends, mm. but I feel like I've really sort of moved away from that because yeah. um i don't want to draw the energy you know pull the energy out of a room and and i also knew that people don't like talking about cancer as well yeah. mm-hmm. and that's something that you know I, whenever i was first diagnosed i kept thinking oh we got to talk about cancer we got to do this we got to do that like yeah. and i was really pushing that and this really started to like chip away at me the fact that nobody wants to talk about this other no. than yeah the people I really love, you know, and they do, but when nobody else, when people kind of think, oh, oh, there's the leper, you know, let's get him out of the town. That's kind of what it feels like. Yeah. And people feel sorry oh. for you, but, yeah. but it's also like, but I don't want to deal. I don't want to talk to you about this because, you know, I can't deal with whatever. Yeah. You know. Maddie, you're doing a lot of agreeing. It's like, see something that I noticed, um, like a little bit into being diagnosed, maybe like a month or two after was, that I was ma- trying to make other people feel better because I was fine. I literally felt completely fine. And then when I caught myself, you know, saying to people, like, it's okay, like, they've caught it, like, at a good time. I've said through cancer. <laughs> like, they didn't catch yeah. it at a good time. <laughs> uh, like, it's spread to my lymph nodes and I'm, like, you know, yeah. but, like, that was, at, like, the expense of my own mental health, trying to convince everyone else that I was okay when I knew I wasn't. So it was, like, you know, I found that really hard and when you know when I actually told some of my friends it was sort of like loads of them were like like you know like really there for me and then there were other people that you know I just haven't heard from or you know people I really expected to be there um and they haven't and you know I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I've lost friends over it but I genuinely just want to be like I know who the real ones are it's so Mm. cringy but like you know it does sort of set people apart and you know who's going to be there for you and who isn't yeah but um no I just I really relate to yeah. like what you've said. Have like you ever you have you been surprised by like, you know, people who maybe you didn't think would? Yeah, definitely. Like there were people. There's people who have you know reached out and every day will message me like, "How are you doing?" Like I've been thinking about you. Or people that like I went to school with that were like, "My granny's lit a candle for you," and I'm like, oh, "Thank you." <laughs> you know that made me like you know it was like my like I so like I got a message like that and I was having a really bad time like it was a bad week and I was like. Oh this is awful, like, I have cancer. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. this, I feel so awful. And I got, like, a message at the end of the week and it was a boy that I went to school with and he was like, I'm really, like, someone I didn't expect to message me. And it was, you know, my granny's had a candle for you and I'm really thinking about you, I hope you're okay. And I don't think people, like, realise, like, the impact of their words, like, of letting them know that you're thinking about you and stuff like that. So, like, it just felt so nice and I was like it's like like I don't like people feeling sorry for me like Mm. I've never have but you know there's people who have went about it in the wrong way and you know or like people that have messaged me that I'm like you hated me in school like you really didn't like me we did not get along but they're (laughs) like and I'm like is this like a you message me because you feel guilty like Mm. you know Mm. yeah They'll be the first to post on Facebook, wouldn't they? That's it, isn't it? R.I.P. Like <laughs> 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 That's I've had those thoughts too. Like I've been yeah. like, I've said to my partner, you know, if this person <laughs> posts 
you tear that thing down like and you expose <laughs> <Ben>. that <laughs> you expose like Robin that. Hood you know like to the extreme you give us those names off the podcast as well we'll do it too uh, like, we'll take them down <laughs> social media all, all right lists <laughs> Like a burn book, yeah, what happened? Yeah, 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 after and Mean it gets Girls like or whatever yeah. published and released. Yeah, like after. Could be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Finn, you mentioned your girlfriend there. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, how long have you guys been together? Five years, believe that. Five, Five years. Yeah. years. Mm-hmm. So she has really journeyed. Um, oh, the word journey is really cringy, but. That's just it. He's really journeyed your oh, 100%. cancer we've diagnosis with you. Yeah, and it's not just been cancer, you know, like we've had, there's been so many things, you know, that we've had to go through together and like mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been able to get through it without her. Mm-hmm. Like absolutely no chance, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's not even that like, you know, we just understand each other. We can just sit in, in silence uh, and it'd be okay, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Whereas, um, I, I she's she's been there during she's she's been in every single uh, consultation mm-hmm. you know and she's seen me whenever i was getting my drains taken out in the hospital you know which mm-hmm. was another thing altogether like yeah. and, and but she wasn't scared you know and, and i've seen i've seen friends and stuff and i've seen other people who have who have seen me in those states and, and have backed off mm-hmm. you know and she never has you know she like and I, I looked absolutely horrible after my surgery. Like, it looks great now. The surgeons did an absolutely incredible job. Lifesavers, absolute lifesavers. Yeah. But at the time, I had a skin graft, so I had a wide excision on my scalp. And I had a, a the skin from my thigh was put there. Mm. And it, it didn't take for about, uh, about a month or two. Oh, really? So I had, like, basically had, like, rotting skin on on the side of my head you know and like I was having to get that dressed three times a week and stuff and like you know Louise was (laughs) she was okay with it you know and I was like fair enough like (laughs) I wasn't even I was thinking like oh my god like I look uh, this is horrific but you know she was she was class and and I'm so lucky that I've had you know I I maybe not have had like huge massive network of support but the people who I have had to support me, like I, I, I couldn't ask for any better. Like yeah. that's, mm-hmm. I feel like that's why I'm able to talk about it and stuff because I have that way of expressing myself at home. And yeah. mm-hmm. um, but that's you know, you've also got to look after yourself if you're a carer of somebody who has cancer yeah. too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, as much as it's us taking the treatment and and having the surgeries and stuff like that, you know, I know for a fact that I would rather it be me. Than, than somebody I love going through it because I wouldn't be able to, I couldn't cope with that, mm-hmm. you know. So, like, um, I just don't know how she's managed to do it and, and you know, fair play to her, like. That's <laughs> a beautiful thing. Fair play. Yeah. It's such an <laughs> awesome play, thing yeah. to say, isn't it? Fair play. <laughs> um, you've both kind of touched on and mentioned uh, a young adult short break that you were um, both on in September with both Laura and I actually um, so I would love to chat about it for a wee minute if of that course. was okay um, yeah. Laura yeah. <laughs> no, no moving on <laughs> <laughs> um, so Cancer Home for Children uh, have a therapeutic short break centre called Daisy Lodge down in Newcastle County Down uh, which is just an absolutely stunning building and beautiful part of the world and Cancer Home for Children Young Lives vs Cancer collaborated today Young Adult Short Break um, for a weekend just to bring young adults mm-hmm. who have been diagnosed with cancer across Northern Ireland together um, 
a parent or a friend, or not a parent actually, a sibling, a friend or a partner uh, was welcome to come along to that as well. And I suppose just a chance for young adults to get to know uh, that they're not alone and what they're going through. Um, but you two had never met each other before that never. young adult no. short break. I remember sitting in the, um, you know, when we came in, like we, uh-huh. like, you know, when we made the little circles, like with, yes, what, like, you know, we kind of did a, you know, like a therapeutic art, art activity. Thing. Yes. And I remember um, doing the wee, like, and I was like, I'm going to do a mole. I don't know what to do. I'll paint a mole. And I remember saying it and you like turned around. My head popped up like, like a mole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were just like turning around and looking at me. And I, you came over to me in Victoria and you were like, oh. So, uh, who is it here has melanoma? And I was like, <laughs> that would be me. What an opener. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that was just, I'd like literally never met anyone. I've never met anyone actually apart from Finn that has skin cancer. Yeah. Do, like, do, well, that, to this point. Mm-hmm. But um, never mind someone as young as me with yeah. the same type of cancer as me. But mm. which was just, I was like, this is so nice. I was yeah. like, obviously, it's not good that he has it, but yeah. it's good for me, isn't it? That, yeah. You know, yeah. it's nice to actually, obviously, we have really different experiences, but it's nice to talk to someone that actually like relates a little bit and like mm. hear what they have to say and hear. Like what they've been through in their journey, like you know, yeah. it's it was just really nice because I really struggled. Like again, talking about mental health, like I felt so alone. Mm-hmm. You're like, you know, I have all these friends that like in my family that like absolutely adore me and they're being so good, but I'm like, but I'm literally completely alone in this because mm. they don't get it. Like as much as they try to, they just don't. Like obviously, my mum had cancer a few years ago and mm-hmm. she tries her best to like relate to me, but like our experiences are just so different yeah. that it's like you know. You know, we haven't been through the same thing. But yeah. then talking to someone that's been through something similar, it's just so nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like I was, a, at first I was, like, trying to find an excuse not to go. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I, I kept saying to people, I really want to meet other people. You mm-hmm. have cancer. Like, I really need that. I, I'm struggling. And then whenever it would come down to it, I would be like, right. Ho- what excuse can I give for not coming? Oh, maybe after having a bad day with treatment or you know something yeah. like that. But then I decided I was like, right, no, just you've got to go. And then honestly, it, it felt like like it almost changed my life, you know, because for th- however many months it was of just feeling, oh, you know, the bottom of the bottom, mm-hmm. and then just having like crack with people, yeah. you know, <laughs> who who are also in in you know awful situations yeah. it's like you're kind of bound by that like experience of like look let's just have fun here because you know we, we need it mm-hmm. and it was just so um like i don't know i don't know how to describe it but it just it it, it really really helped yeah. and it's it's just like changed my perception on things definitely like I remember, like, but when you first sent it to me, I saw it and was like, "I'm just not gonna reply to this." <laughs> yeah, it'll go away. it's like it'll go away, but I don't go away. No. So. Do you know how common the reaction? I just was like, "Do I block her number?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? And then I was talking to, like, you were talking That's about amazing. having a girlfriend. I don't have a girlfriend or a boyfriend, but I have a Victoria. Oh, we were like, shout out to Victoria. I was talking to her about it, and she was like. I'll go and I was like <laughs> we're in it we're in this together and she was like just going down I'll, we're not in this together um, <laughs> but we I went down with her and like the whole car on the way down I was like this is going to be so weird like and I, she was like you know Molly these people are go- probably going through something similar to you and I was like no way no like yeah. you know but it was just so nice like you know 
Victoria's like a limb. Like, you know, I haven't seen her in 24 hours. I'm like, I can't walk. <laughs> you know, but it was just so nice. Like, you know, being able to bring someone down with you as well. I didn't mm-hmm. feel as like, you came down on your own, didn't you? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But it was just nice having, you know, her there as like a wee support thing. But she's been literally amazing the whole mm-hmm. time. Like, yeah, just so we shout out to Victoria. Oh, <laughs> I love that. Is there anything like if other friends are listening? Would is there anything Victoria did that was really special, or is it just Victoria? Does Victoria need to run classes on how to be a good friend? V shred. Yeah, V shred. She'll cry if she hears something. <laughs> Sorry, Victoria. Um, um, so, like one thing, I like I really. You know, when I came out from my surgery and I got out of hospital the next day, she was texting me and literally I'd been in my house about five minutes and she was in my bedroom <laughs> and she had like a necklace for me and she had bought me a necklace for after my surgery and she walked in and was like, Jesus, you look rough. <laughs> and I was like, Jesus. <laughs> and then she had got me this and I couldn't actually put the necklace on like straight away because of where my scar is on my back, like where mm-hmm. my surgery was. Um, so I like had it there and she had bought herself like a matching bracelet. So now we have... <sighs> We didn't want to be that cringe and get both matching necklaces, but no. that's cool. Though, like <laughs> matching bracelet, matching necklaces. That is that's sweet. Bit, yeah, on the nose, but it was just so nice. I was like, you know, like it's just, you know, I've never had a friend like that. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I don't want to like disregard all my other friends and be like, you weren't good because sort of like you, you know, they were. They yeah. were all great. Um, but you know, it's just. Like she was really that she's been there for me. Like I could tell her anything with like mm-hmm. absolutely no judgment. Even if she doesn't get it, she just is like listens. Yeah, just listens. It's really nice having mm-hmm. someone like that. You know, it sounds like even when you're chatting there, it's like she doesn't treat you any differently than no, before your diagnosis. The first day, like I didn't really know what to do with myself, and I was like, I don't want to be in the house. So I went into work. Well, you know what, I'd already taken the day off. But I was like, I'm going to go in and see everyone. Because I was like, I don't know what to do. So I went in and um, three girls were with us. So Victoria, Tori and Shannon, we all went into town and went to Primark. And, you know, they acted as if nothing was going on and nothing had changed. Um, and it was just so nice. It was, you know, a boy that I worked with, Ryan, as well, he had gave like 20 pound to buy me dinner to Victoria and was like because he was like I don't know what to do you know it was just so nice and like see my work friends like I just you know you don't want to sit and like I was always like it's all my school friends like you know they're my friends for life but like see the people I've met working on the past on my really extended gap year um (laughs) like you know it's just they've been more than there for me it's just been so nice and yeah Victoria's of the big ones you know yeah. she's really done a lot for me yeah but uh maddie tell us what your uh work friends called our young adult short break oh dear cancer camp cancer camp cancer camp. <laughs> um which really humored us in terms of what other people's uh, thoughts and understanding is of what we run so um <laughs> i thought that was hilarious <laughs> yeah the cancer camp the cancer camp so um Finn, I also remember having a conversation with you at one stage uh, when you had just come out of your complimentary therapy oh, yeah. at Daisy Lodge and it seemed um, that you, you were, it honestly seemed like you were walking on air. I know, I was sad, I was like, because in Daisy Lodge you get these like awesome sort of um, bathrobe things mm-hmm. um, and I remember I came out of that and was just sat on the, on the sofa downstairs and this... I didn't want to move you know I felt like 
oh, whatever, take me. Yeah. <laughs> take me now. <laughs> I'm ready. <Yeah. laughs> it was so good, like so good. And to just have that, because um, I, I didn't know what complementary therapy was. Like I, I've heard about comp, like, because mm-hmm. charities and stuff would mm-hmm. would offer you complementary therapy, but I'm like, what is it? what's the therapy? Like, yeah. that's complementary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, totally. And it, so it was like a, aromatherapy and reflexology and, and kind of... Um, Not someone coming in and going, you are gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and like sort of soft touch and stuff like that, which yeah. was really nice because I have like... Um, the, my surgery was all in my neck and I've got loads of nerve damage and stuff so if anybody goes near my neck it's kind of like get away from at me at your own you risk <laughs> yeah yeah. so it was kind of trying to like desensitise that and stuff and it was just like you know 40 I mean it was meant to be like 20 minutes in there but I think I was in there for about an hour you were in for an hour and a half an I'm hour not gonna and a half I was yeah. like where has Finn gone I was just like <laughs> laying asleep basically it was really yeah. nice it was really nice and um, uh, yeah it was just what I needed really like yeah I feel like um as I say you just looked like you were walking on air when you when you came out and um part of the conversation I think we'd had was actually being able to just switch off from thinking about cancer for even an hour Mm -hmm. it was the same with the CrossFit the other day yeah you know um like I don't I'm not aware that I'm actually thinking of cancer mm. you know mm-hmm. but then whenever I'm not thinking about it I'm like wow yeah. <laughs> this yeah. class yeah. you know yeah. so it's weird like uh, it's it's obviously still there you know mm. it's obviously at the bottom yeah. but when you're like gasping for air or whenever you're sort of really comfortable like it just you're not thinking about that like yeah so, so have you just started the move forward CrossFit program then yeah very good. Yeah. Maddie, you're going to start it, aren't you? Simon so texted me this morning. Oh, no. <laughs> I have. That's Number blocks. Who's Simon? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that. What's CrossFit? Uh, I'm not in there. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, I know. I keep saying I'm going to do it and then just, yeah. just disappearing for a few weeks. <laughs> you should you should do it like it's good. It's good. Yeah. I do want to. I think yeah. my brother's yeah. gonna do it with me. Oh brilliant. He just mentioned him doing it with me, but that might you know, he's pretty into his training now, it might oh, ruin no. it. Oh, oh no. Excuses, excuses. <laughs> do you know um, one thing that I loved hearing about after the young adult short break, which just solidified why it's so important that we do things like this as charities and brilliant why we do it collaboratively collaboratively as well but um so you guys have been down at the young adult short break have never met each other before and never really met another young person or seen another young person in clinic and then shortly after the young adult short break tell us what happened so i was in my clinic the clinic just getting my like bloods and stuff done before mm-hmm. I started immunotherapy the next day. I walked in and I was like, oh, this is really awful. Like, there's just so many old people here. <laughs> like, not trying to be mean, like, you know, probably like 30. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, excuse me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I walked in and it was like thingy. And then when I was walking back out, I like looked over and I saw Finn sitting there and I turned to my mum and I was like, he's from that's Finn. That's Finn. The other one from Cancer Cabbie. <laughs> 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 she was like, "Go say hi," and I was like, "Finn." <laughs> like just a jump, and then it, w- it was just so nice, like a big breath of fresh air, seeing someone you knew there yeah. mm-hmm. that was like going through the same thing, and it was just I was like, "This is brilliant." 
this is brilliant. Obviously not brilliant for you. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I sit there, my heart's hardly beating. Like, <laughs> 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 so we've got like a few minutes left if we're going to take this up to the hour. Is there anything we haven't talked about that you feel like is really pressing that you want to... Check your skin. Check your, your ABCs. Yeah. Your ABC. Remember Tell your us what, what are your ABCs, Maddie? Asymmetry, border irregularity. Colour. Colour. A, B, C, D. D. Um, diameter. Uh, yeah, and, diameter? and E is evolution. Oh. Right, wow. So if it evolves, you know. So basically the idea of that is if you cut, if you have a mole, right, and you cut it in half, uh-huh. would both sides of them be the same uh-huh. or would they be different? Has it grown? Is it ulcerated? Is it... And the majority of the time, you'll kind of just have a feeling. Yeah. You know, and if you have any of those feelings, just go and get it checked. And and when you get it checked, you, you've you've got to push for it sometimes, mm. you know, and... Fight your corner. Yeah. And, and, and if, if, if people are unsure, if they can't give you a definitive answer and they're unsure, just say, look, can a dermatologist see it? Yeah. That's all you got to do. And it, it, and. No one's going to take offence by that. No. Just get yourself checked. And Maddie, it. I think your advice as well, taking photos as well. Yeah, is take great. photos. Like, check your funky moles. Like, <laughs> you know, there was, like, I was talking to my friend who had, like, run and dug we went to school with not lot that long ago. And I'd actually posted on Facebook about, you know, having cancer mm. and being, like, again, know your ABCs. Like, check your funky moles. And, um... There was a girl that I went to school with that had actually went and got a mole checked because she had seen my Facebook post, um, wow. and turned it she had stage one melanoma. So it was just wow, you know really? like obviously you know past that she didn't have to do anything. Uh-huh. That was it. It was removed, wow. gone. Mm. Um, just a little bit of observation, but like I was like you know she said she was like if I had not seen that I wouldn't have known what the signs were or which is a massive issue with people our age like not knowing what the signs of skin cancer are or thinking that it's not a big deal. Like, you know, once you get that mole removed, that's you done. But it's really not the case. Or even, can I say, as we talked about before we started recording, was you guys, there's this, an assumption, like, if you've been... It's, it's to do with sunbeds or it's to do with... Yeah, it's your own fault. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like you've done not, this to yourself. It's yeah. like, you know, when you first... Like, when I first got diagnosed, everyone was asking me, like, have you been sunburnt, like, all this? And do you you must love the sunbeds. I was saying this in the way there. Mm-hmm. Like, if I had a point for every time someone had said that to me, I'd be a millionaire. <laughs> like, I'm like, no, I've actually never done a sunbed before. Mm-hmm. And again, trying to, like, fit it in before we're all done. But yeah. Yeah. do you not find it really frustrating when you walk past a sunbed shop or you drive past a sunbed shop and you see someone walk in? And I'm like, do you know what you're doing to your skin? I'm like, it's completely up to yourself what you do with your body. But, like, you're going and you're doing mm-hmm. that and it's all over the, like, internet at the minute mm-hmm. and about young people getting mm-hmm. skin cancer younger and, you know, like... But like who's who's really going to listen until it happens to them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the reality of it, isn't it? Like, you know, I'm so into, like, knowing stuff about melanoma mm-hmm. now, but, like, I wasn't before I was yeah. diagnosed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think, like, if you start thinking of it as being a potential skin tumour as opposed to a mole... Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's when people will start going, okay, let's get this checked. It's more serious than just skin cancer. Yeah, Because yeah. yeah. the only information I had about melanoma or skin cancer or whatever was just, oh, yeah, it's kind of like, it's fine, you know, mm-hmm. it's not going to kill you or whatever. That's what but I thought. And yeah. then I remember someone saying to me, like, when I sort of fresh diagnosed and they were like, like, melanoma is like the, like, like it's ki- like the silent killer because you don't get sick. Like, that's not mm. a symptom. Like, you don't... F- 
feel sick, you don't look sick, like you just got this big, massive, ugly mole, yeah. and that's it. Mm. Or, you know, like, you know, I remember, and someone said to me, you know, before they had all this new, like, medicine, melanoma was a death sentence. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, like, that's the war. Like, you know, your mind races when you hear something like that, and you're like, oh, like, it was a death sentence. Like, does that mean it is? And, like, you know, I'm so lucky in terms of that everything's going so well for me. Mm. And, like, you know, I'm not terminal at all, and, like, that's not even on the cards for me at the minute. Mm. But it's just, like, you know, when you hear someone say, like, you know, that, you're like, oh, my God. Like, you know, it was. Mm-hmm. So when, you know, you're not lucky, but, like, you feel lucky. You know, when someone says something like that, and, you know, mm, you really doubt yeah. yourself and you feel really invalidated, like you're, you know, mm-hmm. like the silent mm-hmm. killer, it's death sentence, and you're yeah. like, oh, my God, yeah, that's awful. Well, I think, um, I know we all think that you guys are great for coming on and speaking about it and, you know, sharing things, even because, so if your friend went and got checked and yeah. Yeah. look at that, like that is what it's all about, isn't yeah. it? And it's... Um, ignorance is bliss sometimes so before as you said earlier on Finn unless you maybe have it or you've been directly impacted you're not thinking about no. this sort of thing so this sort of stuff matters talking about it like you know I know that like I thought this that like it's never going to be me you know that's never going to yeah. be me I'm never going to have cancer yeah. I think that but like have it you know I think everyone should like have in the back of their head like especially with skin cancer but it could be like mm-hmm. it could be you and it's not worth not getting checked like you know my entire life has been like completely thrown aside like I was I had so many plans for this year and I'm like frozen like you know, frozen time it's like you know mm-hmm. there's nothing I can do I can't make plans now yeah because I don't know what ne- like what this next year is gonna have in thingy for me like am I gonna be really sick because it's treatment I'm getting or yeah you know I'm like I can't go on a sunny holiday that's like you know mm-hmm. big thing well I probably could but I don't want to have to sit with a big Umbrella and a big floppy hat on the whole time. I'd feel like Tanya yeah. from Mamma Mia. <laughs> I love Mamma Mia. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe um, I could make it glam. Yeah, I think if anyone could, Maddie, it's you sure. could. Um, and we'll make uh, we'll make sure to put in the description of this podcast links to um, signs and symptoms and uh, charities that are out there that are helping. And, and oh, there's some absolutely brilliant ones. Like yeah. Yeah. really, really brilliant ones. We'll make sure to get you guys input on what goes in that podcast cool. description. Yeah. Um, but moral of the story, check your funky moles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you to the National Lottery Community Fund for funding this podcast as part of our Together We Thrive project and enabling us to share these stories. If you'd like to get in touch with either Young Lives vs Cancer or Cancer Fund for Children, our contact details are in the description of this podcast alongside some resources for spreading awareness of melanoma and the CrossFit program mentioned. Thank you for listening. Remember to check your funky moles. We hope you enjoyed the tea.